everyone, my name is Dr. Michael Wald and you're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. For those of you new to the show, this is a health show. Uh, during all of the different episodes of Blood Detective, where I cover different health topics, I try to explain things and review things with you in such a way that the topic becomes your own. Each hour of the Blood Detective, in my mind, is meant to provide you with a master's level understanding of the topic. I don't merely just discuss my views about, let's say, natural medicine and cutting-edge health treatments, but instead, I try to discuss them in such a way that you really kind of get the difference here. So, for example, I've said on so many of my shows that simple saying, you are what you eat. We've all heard it, but it's wrong. We are not what we eat. We are what we absorb from what we eat. So that small little difference is the blood detective difference. It is the kind of thing that when you hear it, you say, oh, well, of course. And that's not just Dr. Michael Wald's opinion. Of course, we're not what we eat. We're what we absorb from what we eat. Now, why is it so important to make that sort of distinction or those kinds of distinctions when we're talking about our health? Well, I would submit to you that the importance of making these sorts of distinctions is that they cause you to think very differently. And if you think very differently, you analyze very differently. And if you analyze and think differently, you can make not just smarter healthcare choices, but the very best healthcare choice that you can make for yourself. If you'd like to listen to some of my past episodes of Ask the Blood Detective, please go to my website, which is www.blooddetective.com. So at blooddetective.com, you'll see the blog at the top of the screen. Just click on it. Now, that's my supplement website, my Blood Detective line of supplements. But if you want to go to my regular website, there's a link at the top of the page for that too, the Integrated Nutrition website. Now, this show is all about hyperbaric oxygen, the importance of oxygen for all of our cells. And because we have a primary need for oxygen... And because our cells, every single cell, manages oxygen in some way, shape, or form, there may not be a single healthcare problem that affects human beings that might not benefit from the proper use of different pressures of oxygen, which is, by definition, hyperbaric oxygen. For those of you who have never heard of hyperbaric oxygen, it's a pretty old medical therapy. It's been around a while, although it is very uh, sadly underused in uh, medicine. And it, what it is, is there is a pressure chamber within which a, a person or persons go into it, and they are placed under various pressures and various concentrations of oxygen. And the basic concept here is that the pressure of the chamber will gently push oxygen deeper into cells, all different types of cells. What's really interesting about hyperbaric oxygen is that it always works. As long as you're in the chamber exposed to one level or another of oxygen, your blood and cellular oxygen levels will increase. And what's also so important, again, this is what I called earlier the blood detective difference. This is all very interesting, but who kind of cares? Well, here's the answer to that. We know that the atmospheric concentration of oxygen on the Earth over millions of years is slightly decreasing. It has been decreasing. And in addition to a decrease, we have an increased amount, probably because of the advent of the Industrial Revolution, for example, of various pollutants, and of course, how human beings have carried on their life processes on the planet since that time, and even before that time, putting more and more and more toxins in the environment. And these toxins, 
along with other toxins, a stressful lifestyle, for example, anything at all that affects human health can result, not just the atmosphere, but what you eat, what you're not eating, the exercise you're not doing, the wrong exercise you are doing, everything you do has a potential effect upon how your body's cells, tissues, and organs manage oxygen. And simply put, the blood detective difference is degeneration in the body either is caused by oxygen problems or at least results in them. Now, a traditional physician and traditional medicine might differ with me on that last statement. They might say, wait a second, there are many health problems that have nothing to do with changing oxygen utilization in the body. But what they're really talking about are measurable oxygen levels in the blood. Now, as important as oxygen levels are in the blood, they're very important, I'm also talking about the misuse of oxygen within various tissues of the body and within those tissues' cells, because every tissue is made up of cells, and every cell, well, not every cell, but many cells are composed of organelles. Organelles are tiny little organs in the cell. So just like your body is your body and it has these organs, it has a heart and it has a liver and it has a pancreas and a thyroid and a thymus, et cetera, et cetera. The cells have organelles. One of those organelles is known as the mitochondria. Now, is that ringing a bell for some of you? It does for me. I remember being in science class, maybe it was fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade. Most grades, we learned and relearned all about the powerhouse of the cell, which is the mitochondria. The reason I'm talking about this powerhouse of the cell is because it's the mitochondria that's the primary controller of how oxygen is used or misused in the body. Now that we've gone over a sort of a basic overview of what hyperbaric oxygen is, which again is the delivery of oxygen of various concentrations under pressure, and that the cells, tissues, and organs of the body require proper oxygenation to manage their, their functions, we know that a variety of health problems may be caused or result in oxygen imbalances. And again, the big difference in philosophy between, let's say, how I think about hyperbaric oxygen and how a traditional physician might is that they may use it for about a dozen or so extreme health problems for just a handful or possibly a dozen or a few dozen uses because 100% oxygen is used, which carries some significant risks. One of them is just explosion. Oxygen is highly flammable. And the other one is oxygen toxicity. So when a physician chooses to use hyperbaric oxygen for one of the handful, just a handful of health problems, they generally choose it because they believe the condition is so far gone, what the heck, let's give it a shot. Or there is evidence, or what they call an evidence-based medicine, that the use of just a few oxygen treatments might help these extreme acute conditions or extreme chronic conditions. Some autoimmune diseases, for example, chronic infections, diabetic ulcers, things of that nature. But what I'm submitting to you, because we now understand that oxygen is simply fundamental for how our cells, tissues, and organs work, and if that's true, then proper oxygen balance may help to delay the onset of all sorts of diseases that many of us in this population are, are being exposed to and are in fact um, suffering from, such as diabetes, various types of cancers, autoimmune disease, acute and chronic infections, just to name a few. But if we accept the fact that oxygen is important, then mild hyperbaric oxygen might also be extremely important. What mild hyperbaric oxygen is, 
is the use of filtered ambient air oxygen, which is between 19 and 21% oxygen, that is fed into a hyperbaric chamber under various types of pressure. Traditional medicine might also say, just so you know, that there, may, there is no evidence for the use of hyperbaric oxygen of, of any type of pressure and duration for anything other than the dozen or so health problems on the official list of what physicians are supposed to at least consider hyperbaric oxygen for. And they're talking about 100%. 100% has its issues, but it also has its place. If that's true, there's what's known as mild hyperbaric, just to quickly review here, that is far safer and probably is and has a place for any number of health problems. Now, what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to review some of these health problems and I'm going to discuss how I think mild hyperbaric oxygen therapy could help in these examples. The first concept I want to talk about is something that, unless you've listened to my past show on topical nutrition, you might not at all connect with hyperbaric oxygen. Many studies have shown, and these studies are readily available to any physician or any individual, by the way, who searches the National Library of Medicine database. That's a database that starts from 1966 and goes to the present, which contains over 3 million scientific citations. And what I do is I spend hours every week researching for my clients and making sure that I am up to date with the very latest scientific findings. I never pretend to know or believe that my knowledge last week is up to date even a week later. So you must know it's, it is essential for practitioners of any type to do regular searches on the National Library of Medicine for their patients. So for example, if someone comes to see me with any sort of cancer and I'm aware of the use of topical nutrition and hyperbaric oxygen, I'm still going to do an additional search the next week because they may, there may be new studies. Now back to this topical nutrition and hyperbaric oxygen connection. There is evidence that shows that topically applied nutrition, nutrition put on the skin, can go deeper into the tissues and in fact raise the blood levels when that nutrition is placed on the skin of an individual who is put in a hyperbaric chamber. For years, I worked in medical offices where we provided intravenous nutrition to patients. You know, intravenous vitamin C and glutathione and all kinds of nutrition. In fact, as far as I'm aware, I've written the only book on intravenous nutrition protocols that is available other than standard basic intravenous books available, let's say, to medical students in the United States. And the reason I'm telling you this is because one day I noticed that patients that we were providing topical nutrition to in hyperbaric oxygen seem to be doing better. Now, that is, of course, a generalization. And I won't be giving specifics about what sort of conditions seem to be doing better because there were so many. I simply can't do that. But I can tell you that intravenous nutrition has its place, but so does topical nutrition with hyperbaric oxygen. Certain types of topical nutrition, like topical resveratrol, topical vitamin C, vitamin E, glutathione, B vitamins, CoQ10, magnesium, if, it with, if they're mixed with the right carrier and placed on the skin, they will raise blood levels and bypass malabsorption problems in the intestinal tract. So malabsorption means problems with absorbing. And many people, in fact, the majority of people, 60% of people over the age of 50, do not absorb normally. One way to bypass that malabsorption for a certain number of nutrients is they can be placed on the skin. And I provide topical nutrition to patients. But to go a step further, by placing topical nutrition on the skin and then placing that individual in a hyperbaric chamber, 
they will have that nutrition pushed more deeply through the skin into the blood and deeper into the actual organs in need. So then you get the benefit of nutrients that have bypassed malabsorption problems plus higher oxygenation levels. And when I was working in medical offices where we provided intravenous nutrition, you had to poke their veins every single time and that increased the risk of infection. And there's only a limited number of nutrients you can give that way. Again, there, there is an indication for intravenous nutrition, but why not not puncture the skin, provide oxygen, which we know is fundamental for healing, and push nutrition in at the same time? Well, the answer is pretty clear. You'd want to do that. And what, and what conditions would you want to do that for? Well, my basic feeling is that any chronic health problem for which an individual has not been satisfied with either the medical treatment or the natural treatment should consider hyperbaric oxygen. And they may also want to consider hyperbaric oxygen with topical nutrition. What I do is I develop personalized topical nutrient mixes or compounded topical nutrition for my patients that I then place uh, under hyperbaric oxygen or mild hyperbaric oxygen therapy. That way, again, we can manage a couple of different problems at once without any invasive procedure like a needle stick. I should also mention when an individual is placed in a hyperbaric chamber, they're either on a lying down on a comfortable beanbag and they're either reading or on their cell phones or sleeping or relaxing, meditating, or they could sit on a chair and do the same things as well. I offer either option. For those of you just joining us, we're talking about the importance of oxygen, namely oxygen under pressure or ambient air, which is 19 to 21% oxygen filtered under pressure. And we're talking about how hyperbaric oxygen supplies greater amounts of oxygen deeper into tissues. And we've also said that basically human beings age because we misuse and disuse oxygen. There is not a healthcare problem that I can think of that occurs in human beings that does not have a misuse of oxygen associated with it, whether it's various cancers, diabetes, other autoimmune diseases like lupus, multiple sclerosis, Sjogren's syndrome, or hormonal problems, fertility problems, special needs problems. And again, the criticism that traditional medicine might give of hearing that long laundry list and how, you know, why are they claiming that oxygen under pressure can manage all these things is, is this. We have to first realize that there are limitations in natural medicine just as there are limitations in regular medicine. But at the end of the day, it's important, in my opinion, for a responsible practitioner to think of, well, what is among the safest natural health remedies or potential remedies or treatments that I can provide for my patients always start with the least toxic. Mild hyperbaric oxygen is completely non-toxic. Other than getting a little stuffiness in your ears, which, you know, if you pop your ears slightly, manages that, there are virtually no symptoms or, or potential problems resulting from mild hyperbaric oxygen. The list goes on and on and on for 100% oxygen, and it's important that you realize that there is a difference. There are certain acute and chronic conditions that certainly should be uh, considered for 100% oxygen. But the majority of other health problems, I think, can benefit from mild hyperbaric oxygen therapy with or without the concomitant use of topical nutrition. I should also say that if you just think about doing hyperbaric oxygen, no matter what sort it is, and you do not clean up your diet and or take the right supplements based on your health problems, your health goals, your medications, your genetics, and, and other factors, then hyperbaric oxygen may be much more limited in terms of its potential to help. Now, having said all this, let's talk about some other conditions and ways in which hyperbaric oxygen could help. There's a condition known as radiation cystitis, 
which is a term used to describe the side effects of inflammation and tissue destruction, particularly of the bladder, that results on a cellular level when radiation is used to treat all kinds of cancers, usually cancers like uh, pelvic cancers. And we know that hyperbaric oxygen helps these patients recover. Now, if hyperbaric oxygen can help radiation-induced inflammation, why couldn't it help inflammation from non-radiation causes? Well, the answer is it probably can. So this, again, is where traditional medicine and what I would call uh, integrated medicine as opposed to holistic medicine differ in philosophy. If there isn't direct evidence that something can be of use in traditional medicine, it will not be used, even if it makes some reasonable sense. And when I ask physicians, well, why wouldn't you use therapies that maybe there are no studies for if it makes sense? Just like I was giving the example of hyperbaric oxygen helping radiation-induced inflammation, why not use hyperbaric oxygen for just inflammation that's not from radiation? They would say, well, there's no direct evidence. And I would say, well, you know, before there's direct evidence, before there's any evidence, there's none. I mean, think about it. Once again, this is one of the blood detective differences. When doctors say we need evidence, we need evidence, I am not saying we should not rely on some level of evidence, but sometimes it's just not there. And before it is there, it is not there. There's a concept in the minds of a researcher or, or a practitioner, and then they design a study and then they try to treat something. And usually these studies don't apply very directly to individuals regardless. You know, some study on the use of, let's say, aspirin in Alzheimer's patients may have nothing to do with you for prevention of Alzheimer's. It's not like they study people that were exactly you. My point here is that there's very little science in science. And also having said that, I'm very much interested in gathering scientific evidence to support what, what I do every day in my clinic. For example, I am teaching three seminars next year at very large scientific symposia in the United States. One of them is on cutting-edge treatments for cardiovascular disease, and the other two is on what's called neuroplasticity, which is a fancy term for how to reshape and reorganize a dysfunctional nervous system, whether it's from Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or multiple sclerosis or pain syndromes or spinal cord injuries or brain tumors and so many other problems, I can tell you, doctors have said to me, there's no evidence for the use of nutrition and natural health for this. And then I would go right on the National Library of Medicine and all day long download studies. So whenever a doctor says to you, there are, there are no studies, that's almost never true. No studies, zero studies, not, you know, it just doesn't happen very often. But my point is, in the area of natural medicine, the amount of study is so overwhelming. I see patients on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And what I do on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, all that I do is write patient protocols and search the literature and do lectures and write books. And I need all of that time to do my very best work on three days a week, handling each patient myself, because frankly, I don't trust anyone else to do it. I'm one of those you know, people who feels that if you want a job done, you'd better do it yourself. Now, this doesn't mean that I do not communicate with other practitioners or find uh, healing remedies for patients that I may not provide directly. I act like a health coach, finding what is best for my patients and getting them to that therapy. Just to take a momentary break, my name is Dr. Michael Wald. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. We've been talking about hyperbaric oxygen. We're just about to get into some other conditions that hyperbaric oxygen can help, or more specifically, how mild hyperbaric oxygen, which is air which has 19 to 21% oxygen filtered under various pressures may potentially help all sorts of health problems. You know, 
Uh, oh, I would like to mention too, I'm doing this topic because you, the listener, have told me you wanted to hear this topic. You've emailed me. I've given my email on the last shows and my cell number. You can call me. My number is 914-552-1442. I'll say it again. 914-552-1442. You can call me anytime. I will pick up the phone. There is no front desk. There is me. I think that's the best way to handle people. And you can email me your show topics at info at blooddetective.com. That's info at blooddetective.com. And I've got all sorts of events that occur at different times of the year. If you want to get on that mailing list, just go to blooddetective.com and click the link for my regular website, which is integratednutrition.com, and get on my mailing list. It's on the homepage. And I'll let you know about our healthy breakfast about the brain that we just had or any of the other uh, healthy events that I put on. I'll also be posting uh, every week all of these show topics on my blog and soon we'll be giving or I'll be giving short video summaries of every single show topic. So starting in the next few weeks on my Facebook page and on my website, you'll see me right on your computer or right on your phone within about three to five minutes summing up the key points of every single Blood Detective show. So I, you've asked for that and I'm giving that to you. Now let's move on to a study that was looking at the effects of hyperbaric oxygen and mild traumatic brain injury. You know that like post-concussion syndrome they talk about in uh, football players? Well, guess what they've shown? That hyperbaric oxygen therapy minimizes the damage in memory and intellectual, uh, what's known as intellectual quotients and uh, measures of attention and other factors, you know, dexterity, general anxiety, PTSD, uh, all sorts of issues that occur in the brain with the use of hyperbaric oxygen. It is amazing to me that this is so little known in medicine. Now, you might say, well, well, that's interesting, but what does post-traumatic brain injury have to do with me? Well, if you live on this planet from day to day and you age, you have got minimal brain injury of a different type, admittedly, but you have death of neurons, which are nerve cells in the brain. Neurologists tend to recognize minimal brain injury as a particular condition. In other words, it's a condition where the brain is dysfunctional. The person may lose their ability for short-term memory. It's something much less than dementia, but has some similar features. It may develop into dementia, but the point, though, is it's minimal, and they consider it kind of separate. The way I see it is this. You're born with a brain, and it develops, and most of the neuronal connections, the the significant structure and functionality of the brain is pretty much complete by about age 23. That doesn't mean, of course, you cannot improve upon brain health later on, but those few decades were very, very important. Now, I mention this because we went from post-traumatic brain injury like football players or, or soldiers, they have lots of uh, post-traumatic brain injury, and then we switched it to something more common, which is a minimal brain dysfunction that a lot of people have. Some people have it to the point where neurologists diagnose them with it. And again, here's another blood detective bit of thinking. Before a person's diagnosed and before it's obvious they have minimal brain dysfunction, which results in various memory deficits and uh, maybe slowness of speech and loss of power in the muscles, which is controlled by the nervous system, loss of organs function, organ function, even constipation, because the gut has a nerve supply, and if the nerve supply in the nervous system is minimally deranged and dysfunctional, you can have all sorts of gastrointestinal problems, all sorts of hormonal problems, anything because the brain and spinal cord goes to all these other organs, which is called innervation. My point here is, traditional medicine and neurologists wait for the big diagnosis to happen until there's enough damage that a diagnosis can be attached to something. But long before that, there's minimal 
this minimal, minimal brain dysfunction, I suppose I could call it. And there is such a potential for the use of proper nutrition. I could give you a laundry list of nutrition that might apply to this particular problem. But one, I want to emphasize that hyperbaric oxygen could apply because the brain and spinal cord need oxygen. And when they don't have their oxygen, the neuronal cells of the nervous system start to break down to various extents. It could take decades for that to happen. And a person can have all kinds of health problems that are unrecognized as having their origin in the nervous system. You know, we say that the intestinal tract is the most important area. Well, at least in natural medicine, some say that. Others say, no, 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 it's the liver because the liver detoxifies. To look at the body from a reductionist point of view, breaking it up yet into individual organs is wrong. It is wrong. That, again, is another blood detective way of thinking. Of course it's wrong. Any any separation of organs or into organ systems in the body is artificial. In professional schools like medical schools and chiropractic schools, for example, we take anatomy. We take neuroanatomy. We learn gastro, endocrine, all these different areas, and we study those parts of the body in the classroom, but also on cadavers. Now, anyone studying uh, cadaver's anatomy knows that, yes, we've defined these particular anatomical areas of the body and organs and, and connections as the digestive system or the hormonal system or the nervous system. But all of these areas are one system. So if we start to think of the body as pieces and parts and we specialize in those areas, then we lose the bigger picture. That's not to say that being that specializing in an area like a neurologist or a gastroenterologist, for example, is not or an OB is not important, or a gynecologist, the list goes on and on. But we do not want to forget that every other area in the body can affect every other area. And that is what holistic health is about, at least the way that I view it. I say that because not everyone in holistic health care is trained to look at the whole body. They may talk about it being of all importance and the body is one unit, but then they might just, let's say, focus on one area or another. I prefer to look at the whole body as often as possible with each patient. So regardless of the health problem, I'm interested in how everything's functioning as a whole. So I am taking the concept of holistic health and applying it in real time and in reality in a holistic way, not just giving lip service to holistic health. So for example, I have a, invented a software program, a computer program, into which I put in a patient's laboratory work, or at least a lot of it. And what it will do is put together an interpretation in a way that I cannot do with my brain. So technologies can be very important, but what my brain can do is overread that interpretation. It's called, my, it's called blood detective software, by the way. Uh, and I, I even make it available to certain healthcare providers. But the point I'm trying to make is that if you are interested in holistic health beyond just lip service, you need to see someone who looks at the whole body. Not just who says, I look at the whole body, but look at lab work, connect it all together, and always, always, always provides a base of nutrition for your overall health and then focuses in on the specific symptoms you have. Hyperbaric oxygen focuses on the whole body and might even focus on a particular health problem that you have, which is why I decided to do this show because you can almost no, never go wrong with hyperbaric oxygen. Now, for those of you who know a little bit more about holistic health and, let's say, hyperbaric oxygen than some of the other listeners, there are intravenous nutri nutrient uh, therapies, I should say, or natural therapies, known as ozone therapy and hydrogen peroxide therapy. These are in a class of therapies along with hyperbaric oxygen known as oxidative therapies. But I see problems with intravenous hydrogen peroxide, and I see problems with intravenous ozone. I'm just going to quickly review these. First of all, these products are mixed in an office 
by the provider, but most commonly by a nurse or sometimes not even a licensed nurse. But even when they're mixed properly, ozone is pumped into, let's say, uh, saline in an IV bag or hydrogen peroxide is mixed into uh, some sort of intravenous fluid, there can be errors made. Those bags can hang uh, in the IV mixing room for who knows how long. Sometimes offices I have seen when I used to do consulting, consulting would mix these bags up days, even weeks before, and then they'd put them in the refrigerator. And when it was time to give them their, the patients their IVs, they'd put these bags of IV fluid of ozone and hydrogen peroxide in a microwave. Now, I don't know if you're following me here, but that is wrong on many levels. So I am not confident in the delivery system available out there with both ozone and hydrogen peroxide. And even when delivered according to specs, I am not confident that these therapies can be uh, delivered appropriately uh, because I commonly see patients who are given dozens of these therapies with the wrong diets, the wrong oral nutrition, and a few patients that have developed health problems from hydrogen peroxide and IV ozone therapy. Is there evidence for the use of these therapies? There is some evidence. I will admit it, as opposed to some physicians in the traditional medical world that would say, no, there's no, there's no evidence. I am criticizing these holistic therapies, but I'm still admitting there's some evidence. When they're done correctly under controlled circumstances, they could be important. Personally, I put them very low down on my list of uh, holistic therapies for people because IV hydrogen peroxide and IV ozone and I'll put intravenous vitamin C in the same class because vitamin C, one thing, is not going to cure someone's cancer. Uh, can it help? Yes, but the person needs a fundamentally holistic approach. So those therapies, hydrogen peroxide and ozone, can cause oxidative stress. Oxidative stress is involved in causing many diseases. Oxidation is how human beings tend to get disease. Conditions of chronic illness, again, cancers, autoimmune disease, all of these different problems that are plaguing our society happen in part because of oxidative degenerative states in the body, which is why I often order testing for oxidative stress. How do you know how much of an antioxidant to give someone if you're not measuring oxidative stress? Now, what does this have to do? with mild ambient air, hyperbaric oxygen? Well, hyperbaric oxygen is oxygen. It's not an oxidative therapy, really. And personally, I would never provide it unless I'm balancing multiple aspects of the patient's lifestyle as much as what is reasonably possible for that person. Managing their stress, teaching them coping mechanisms, or giving them the right uh, books to read, or therapists to see, or seminars to attend, whatever the resources need to be. The right nutritional supplements based upon laboratory work, research, that particular patient's current state of health, where they want to go in terms of their health, and all other sorts of factors like genetics and medications they may be on. All of that matters. Exercise, sleep, you name it, we need to focus on that for a total, a total health approach. Now let's get back to hyperbaric oxygen for a moment. There are many people that are suffering from cardiovascular disease, uh, athero and arterial sclerosis, hardening and degeneration of the arterial system, which impairs oxygen flow. If you impair oxygen flow, let's say to the legs, the uh, muscles and the nervous system of the legs, the entire structure of the body that has impairment of blood flow will tend to degenerate over time. And as blood flow becomes more stagnant, clots can form. It's a medical mess, and far too many people suffer from this. And it doesn't just happen overnight. Peripheral vascular disease, which refers to vascular problems in the extremities, most commonly the legs, but also, of course, the arms, that's your periphery, is very pervasive. And it starts usually decades before a person realizes it. 
but studies have shown that hyperbaric oxygen can help. Sometimes it's not possible to open up blood vessels that are hardened and atherosclerotic. But hyperbaric oxygen increases the concentration of oxygen in those affected blood vessels. So even though the tubes, so to speak, have less space, one way to improve oxygen going through and blood flow is to open the space so that the blood can reach the muscles, the the ligaments, the tendons, the nerves, you know, your structures of your body. And when you can't open them wider, if you increase the nutritional concentration of that blood flow, even though it's less, and the oxygen carrying capacity of that blood flow, even though the flow is less, it's like you increased the, the diameter of the lumen, which is the inside of a blood vessel. In medicine, they might throw uh, anti-clotting medications at an individual, like aspirin or warfarin. They might do venous grafts where they're bypassing some of these superficial structures. They can't do the deep arteries that way. Uh, and if someone has pain, they're given pain meds and they're treated very symptomatically. There's very little fixing there, very little fixing there. We know that hyperbaric oxygen can help. Here's an interesting use of hyperbaric oxygen, and I've really said it earlier on today, is the use of hyperbaric oxygen and dementia. And there was a, a study by the Swedish Council on Health Technology Assessment, and they looked at all these different causes of dementia, what they thought were contributing factors. And of all of those different factors, whether there's vascular problems or all sorts of nutritional issues like low vitamin B12 levels and increased cholesterol, for example, inflammation, they found uh, that in all these conditions, there was a lower oxygen concentration in the brain and therefore cellular death. So once again, hyperbaric oxygen makes sense. And if hyperbaric oxygen at 100% makes sense, why wouldn't a safer form of oxygen delivery of ambient air, again at 19 to 21% oxygen, known as mild hyperbaric oxygen, why couldn't that work, particularly long before someone has dementia? I treat two types of people. One are individuals who want to pr try to prevent or offset as much as they can various diseases that they find in their family histories or that they, they've actually started to develop themselves. And the other set of patients have acute illness, sometimes very far gone illness. And of course, sometimes there's less that I can do for them there, but not always. Now, even the times that I said to myself, you know, how can I possibly help this person? They get helped. There is really not a disease or health condition that a patient has said to me, my doctor says there's, there's nothing that I can do for this. And I have found an example of how they recovered or at least how natural medicine helped. It is incredible to me over the 27, almost 28 years, I can hardly believe it, that I've been doing this type of therapy, that um, I keep seeing this. And then patients will say to me, Dr. Wald, why, why doesn't my doctor do natural therapies like topical nutrition or hyperbaric oxygen or the use of vitamins, minerals, herbs, and diet? Why don't they do that? Well, listen, I say to them, they don't do it because they don't know it. And, if they do, and also, if they learn it, let's say at a weekend seminar, or they really got a lot of education, they still might not be able to provide the therapy to you because if they're working in a certain hospital or medical clinic, they simply would be forbidden to use that type of thing. It's just not part of the medical protocol. So I try to help focus my patients' brain power and energy to reduce their stress on thinking less about why their physicians may not do natural things, why they're not uh, in favor of them, why they poo-poo them, and think more about how you should take care of yourself. I have seen patients suffer for years out of aggravation. Why don't my physicians do this? And 
One day I just looked at one of, uh, of my patients sitting in, uh, across from me and I said, hey, listen, let's just not worry about what that doctor thinks. Why do we care about an individual's ignorant opinion? Let's just do this work. And her face just relaxed and, relaxed and said, yeah, I could, I could do that. <laughs> and uh, so sometimes we really need to focus in on what we need to do. We, we complain a lot sometimes and we lose minutes, hours, weeks, months, years of life doing it. Here's another uh, uh, blood detective way of thinking of things. So, you know, I've talked about how there are certain conditions in medicine. I'm going to give you one that sounds a little bit uh, off the beaten path, but it's not at all. Uh, so it's called chronic limb ischemia, which basically means that there is lack of blood supply ischemia due to some blockage or interference with normal blood flow to an area. And we can have, in medicine, we know there's lower limb ischemia that happens for all sorts, from all sorts of problems. And medicine will stop there. But long before someone has an obvious limb ischemia, they might not, right? You don't just wake up one day and suddenly have any health problem. You don't wake up with cancer one day out of nowhere or diabetes or dementia or limb ischemia. There is a gradual change from normalcy to abnormality. And by the time an individual can sense it or has symptoms, uh, they've already got the problem. So hyperbaric oxygen is one of those fundamental ways or mild ambient air to help the body function better by improving oxygen delivery to tissues to offset degeneration of the body, which seems to always involve some level of mis-oxygen use or dysoxygenemia, some problem with the utilization of oxygen. Now, oxygen does not work on its own. If you put oxygen into a dead person, into a cadaver, it does nothing. If you put oxygen into a live person, but then you improve their nutrition and their hydration and reduce their stress and improve their sleep quality, you know, some stuff can happen then. So my point here is that, as I've said all along, a total body approach is always needed. I personally always like to start with what appears to be the safest the safest, least invasive natural methods possible. In the area of diet and nutrition, I always base things on very detailed conversations with people that see me, very detailed questionnaires. I've developed the Blood Detective Longevity Questionnaire, which covers all major body systems. I review it with a, with a person. I look at their old tests. I may do new tests, and I develop a health plan. And the thing is about health plans, whether they include hyperbaric oxygen or topical nutrition or the use of oral vitamins, minerals, foods, exercise, and all these things, they need to be personalized for a person. And most importantly, most importantly, they need to be doable. You know, I'm saying this, and it, no, I know it occurs on the surface as a very common sense thing, meaning if you had all the answers in the world, but for your health problems, you couldn't actually do them, then uh, what good are they? The answer is they're not going to do you any good. It'll frustrate you and you'll start to blame yourself for why couldn't you implement these, these things for your health. I have so many people that come to me that were given ridiculously complex suggestions. Some of these suggestions are just blatantly wrong. They make no sense whatsoever. And some of them are partially right, or at least they're theoretically right, or they're very interesting, but they are, they're not applicable to the person. I'd also like to make mention right now of another, uh, again, what I call blood detective moment, is that I'll see people who are doing one thing right. They, they've got their diets down, they match their health issues, they're realistic, and they get, they're correct. And I see yet other people who do not have the diet down correctly for whatever their health issues are. I should say eating habits. The term diet implies very restrictive eating. But depending on the health problem, there may need to be a restrictive eating pattern. And then I've seen other patients who are eating pretty well and they're receiving, let's say, intravenous vitamin C 
for their cancer. That is not a complete therapy. When it comes to, see, here's what I'm interested in. I can't really speak about other practitioners, but I'm interested in maximizing the survival potential and the health potential, the quality of life potential of people that I see. So that means it's my duty. It's my promise as the self-proclaimed blood detective. I use that as a, as a badge of honor. I've said that in my past shows to help motivate me to put together the best combination of synergistic approaches that would maximize a patient's recovery and ability to live well for longer. So they may need a certain amount of hyperbaric treatments. They might benefit from a certain amount of infrared uh, treatments along with topical nutrition, some dietary changes, some supplement changes, whatever it is. Maybe they can't do uh, the, the strict dietary changes, so there may have to be more strict control on supplementation. Maybe the individual has a health problem that's been more or less persistent for more than several years, and they don't need a laundry list of supplements. They might need what I call a custom supplement, a supplement that I design for a patient based on all of my knowledge about that individual, all of the knowledge I've accumulated uh, over 27 years and pumped into my blood detective software, and then providing a formulation to a compounding um, facility that puts together the specific doses, that means the number of milligrams or grams, exact amounts of every supplement that I think that this person needs in the proper combinations so that instead of taking 20, 30, 40, 50 different supplements a day, and if you have you know, certain health problems that are very serious, you need pharmacologic doses. You can't eat enough to get the levels that the studies say you might need or that experience says you might need. But a supplement on top of that diet, that food plan, could do it. So sometimes you have to reinvent the wheel. I'll make a custom product where there's, there is high quality control of the supplementations. They're based on the, on the person. They're based on the research and all sorts of other factors. And other times, it's my best picks of supplements. And for those of you who are wondering, okay, well, I'm new to this blood detective thing. So I guess Dr. Wald is saying that we need supplements. My doctor says I don't need to take anything more than a, a multivitamin. Well, that's just wrong. It's wrong based on a, a good amount of scientific study, by the way, and experience. Even the American Medical Association endorses more now than just a multivitamin. And again, the, the amount of study and research on the use of supplements that can complement the diet for specific health problems is astronomical, which by my definition here is that means that there's more study available on the use of nutritional supplements and chronic disease prevention and treatment that we could possibly ever review in our lifetimes. So as a fundamental approach, it's my belief that we first start with looking at the entire environment within which the person lives. There may be toxin exposures in their homes, uh, there is also their food in their homes and their sleep habits and all sorts of things. We look at the home situation. Then we look at the work situation and then any other environments that individuals tend to find themselves in on more than a rare occasion. And then I look and see, well, what has this person done in their lives and what is their health status now? And what are they willing to do? What's their philosophy? And then we look at any tests that may have been done. We perform other tests. We look at questionnaires together, and then we put together a plan that is doable. It has to be doable. Some of you know, because I've said it before on the show, when I was 18, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I'll be 51 in February. Today, I had a two and a half hour workout, which consisted of heavy weight training, um, speed running, and all sorts of anaerobic and aerobic functional body movements. And at my age, you would think I could not do any of those things. I do not have any physical limitations at this point. I mean, what I mean by, by I have no physical limitations, I don't have injuries. 
uh, I can withstand what a much younger individual would do. In fact, I happen to be training with an individual today who, who trains young high school athletes and said, where you are now in your workout, an hour and a half in, a lot of these high school athletes would be dying right now. So age is just a number. You know, my father used to say, I used to say to him, uh, he would say, um, son, you know, I'm feeling, you know, I'm so old. And I would say, dad, because he had this up in his office. He was a chiropractor. He had his, this, this uh, sign on the wall. It said, youth is a feeling, not an age. Youth is a feeling, not an age. I said, dad, youth is a feeling, not an age. And then he would always look at me with a smirk because he knew that was <laughs> the sign was up in his office. And he would say, well, I feel like crap. And I would laugh. The reason I bring that up is I feel so good. I sometimes feel guilty of how good I feel. Last year, with the health that I had, I traveled to Iceland. I went to Scotland, Ireland. I went to Italy. I went to so many beautiful places on this planet. Next year will be New Zealand and all sorts of other places because for me, health is the ability to enjoy life at its its fullest. Now, some of you may not be travelers. I'm just saying that, that that's important to me. And when I travel, I'm, I'm moving and I'm hiking and I am playing big. And when I was diagnosed at 18 with multiple sclerosis, my father, he took care of me. And he did nutrition that was so far ahead of his time. It excited me so much. And I knew there was something different about what he was doing. His name was Dr. George Wald, by the way. And for those of you who used to listen to the Colton Fredericks show on WOR Radio, my father, Dr. George Wald, was one of Colton Fredericks' uh, most frequent guests, and they became friends. And I also met Colton Fredericks when I was a young man. He wrote many, many books. I mean, he was the nutrition guy before there were nutrition guys. And um, it just excited me about nutrition. It was just something I always wanted to do. I just knew that this is what I would do. And since I was a young kid, as, as early as seventh grade, I remember specifically, I would tear pages out of my dad's uh, nutrition books and I'd carry them around with me. The books were huge. He'd always be reading them and I still have many of them. And I just knew that this was my thing to do. And I knew that with the diagnosis I had, that I also had the answers for me. That does not mean that just because I've done what I can do with my health, that it's necessarily possible for others, but it it may be. So that's why I'm here. And that's why I do these sorts of shows, so that you realize how much there is in natural health care for you. But it needs to be done right. It needs to be based on you. It can't be based on generalizations. And things that you read on the web may have nothing whatsoever to do with you. You want to be your own blood detective. You want to put together the information with the help of a qualified health professional and then check your blood test, check your urinalyses, whatever physiologic tests your practitioners use. I will compare those tests to other tests for that person over time to make sure that things are changing the way that we need to, not just in the biochemistry, but the person has to feel better. I I do not just accept that someone is feeling better doing natural methods because they could feel better just by chance. They can feel better just by placebo. The mind is a powerful thing. Placebo is not fake. What I'm trying to say is that why not feel good, and also know you've corrected certain biochemical abnormalities. So I want to thank you for listening to today's show that focused mostly on hyperbaric oxygen therapy. You're listening to Ask the Blood Detective. I want to know what you want to hear, folks. Please, you've given me such amazing, amazing topics. Just take a look at them at blooddetective.com under the blog section. You'll also see videos there as well. And if you get confused, you'll see some pictures of me with a bald head. I shaved my head, and those with a big set of hair. It's the same person. And you can also go to my regular website at www.integratednutritionny.com. I'm located an hour north of New York City. I'm here for you if you should need me, you want to talk to me. My number is 914-552-1442. That's 914 552 
1442. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I'll see you and listen to you next time. Your questions will be answered on Ask the Blood Detective. Happy New Year. Show you a statue, told you